Al-Bashir, your source of Islamic literature, presents Al-Akhirah, the afterlife, part two, narrated by Imam Anwar Al-Awlaqi. And we're still talking about an important stage of Yawm Al-Qiyamah, which is Al-Hisab, the reckoning. And we'll give examples of uh, Hisab, reckoning, which were mentioned in uh, Sunnah. There is an example of the ones who commit what is called Riya. Riya is showing off, doing deeds, not for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but doing them to impress someone. And Riya is an extremely dangerous disease. And Rasulullah has called it a shirk al-azhar. Minor shirk. Because what is shirk? Shirk is associating other gods with Allah. Riya is doing something that seems to be for Allah, but really is for somebody else. So it's also a form of shirk. Rasulullah called it a shirk al-azhar, the minor shirk. An example of this would be, for example, a munafiqeen. They used to come and pray, but they don't really, they're not sincere in their prayer. إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَهُوَ خَادِعُهُمْ وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالَى يُرَاءُونَ النَّاسَ وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا When they go to pray, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about them, they go to pray and they're lazy. يُرَاءُونَ النَّاسَ They do it to show off. وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And they do not make dhikr of Allah. So they're praying there. Body is present in the masjid, but the heart is somewhere else. And a riyah would be somebody who learns Islamic knowledge to show that he is a scholar. Somebody who memorizes Quran to show that he is a qari. Somebody who is fighting in jihad to show the people that he's brave. These are all examples of riyah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghani. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from all need. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want something from you if you're doing it for a dual purpose, for Allah and for someone else. If it's not purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah does not want it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants something that's purely for Him. That's why Allah does not accept having anybody worshipped besides Him. And that is the greatest sin, which is shirk. The same thing applies to the deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want you to do something except if it is for his sake and for his sake alone. This hadith is in Muslim. قَالَ تَفَرَّقَ النَّاسُ عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةِ فَقَالَ لَهُ نَاتِلُ أَهْلِ الشَّامِ أَيُّهَا الشَّيْخِ حَدِّثْنَا حَدِيثًا سَمِعْتَهُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ These are a group of men who came to Abu Hurairah when he was teaching in Damascus and told him, Oh, Shaykh, tell us a hadith you heard from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he said, سَمِعْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ يَقُولُ إِنَّ أَوَلَ النَّاسِ يُقْضَى يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عَلَيْهِ رَجُلٌ اسْتَشْهَدْ فَأُتِيَ بِهِ فَعَرَّفَهُ نِعَمَةِ فَعَرَفَهَا قَالَ فَمَا عَمِلْتَ فِيهَا قَالَ قَاتَلْتُ فِيكَ حَتَّى اسْتَشْهَدْ قَالَ كَذَبْتْ وَلَكِنَّكَ قَاتَلْتَ لِأَنْ يُقَالَ جَرِيءٌ فَقَدْ قِيلَ ثُمَّ أُمِرَ بِهِ فَسُحِبَ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ حَتَّى أُلْقِيَ فِي النَّارِ I heard Rasulullah say, the first of men whose case will be decided on the day of judgment will be a man who died as a martyr, shaheed. This is a man who died in the battlefield 
in jihad. He's a shaheed. He shall be brought before judgment seat. Allah will make him recount his blessings. Then Allah will say, What did you do to be grateful? I give you a lot of blessings in dunya. How did you make shukr? How were you grateful? He will say, Oh Allah, I fought in your sake until I died as a martyr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, You have told a lie. You fought that you might be called a brave warrior. And you were called so. You fought so that people will say that you're brave. To show off your courage. And the people said so. So you got the reward of your action. You did it. For fame, you got it. You did it so that people will say that you're courageous. You got what you wanted. And you were called so. Then orders will be... This person will be dragged into hellfire. And then Abu Hurairah anhu says that Rasulullah said... وَرَجُلٌ تَعَلَّمَ الْعِلْمَ وَعَلَّمَهُ وَقَرَأَ الْقُرْآنَ فَأُتِيَ بِهِ فَعَرَّفَهُ نِعْمَهُ فَعَرَّفَهُ قَالَ فَمَا عَمَلْتَ فِيهَا قَالَ تَعَلَّمْتُ الْعِلْمَ وَعَلَّمْتُهُ وَقَرَأْتُ فِيكَ الْقُرْآنَ قَالَ كَذَبْتْ وَلَكِنَّكَ تَعَلَّمْتَ لِيُقَالَ عَالِمْ وَقَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ لِيُقَالَ قَارِئْ فَقَدْ قِيلَ ثُمَّ أُمِرَ بِهِ فَسُحِبَ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ حَتَّى أُلْقِيَ فِي النَّارِ And then the second man is a man whom Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi will be brought forward a man who acquired knowledge and imparted it to others and recited Qur'an. He will be brought and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him recount his blessings and he will recount them. Then will Allah ask, what did you do to requite these blessings? He will say, I acquired knowledge and I disseminated it and I recited the Qur'an seeking your pleasure. I learned this knowledge and I taught it to everyone. I learned Qur'an and I recited it for your sake, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, you have told a lie. You acquired knowledge so that you might be called a scholar. And you recited the Qur'an so that it might be said, he is a qari' and such has been said. Then orders will be passed against him and he shall be dragged with his face downward and cast into the fire. And then the third man, وَرَجُلٌ وَسَّعَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَعْطَاهُ مِنْ أَصْنَافِ الْمَالِ كُلَّهِ فَأُتِيَ بِهِ فَعَرَّفَهُ نِعَمَهُ فَعَرَّفَهَا قَالَ فَمَا عَمِلْتَ فِيهَا قَالَ مَا تَرَكْتُ مِنْ سَبِيلٍ تُحِبُّ أَنْ يُنْفَقَ فِيهَا إِلَّا أَنْفَقْتُ فِيهَا لَكَ قَالَ كَذَبْتُ وَلَكِنَّكَ فَعَلْتَ لِيُقَالْ هُوَ جَوَادْ فَقَدْ قِيلَ ثُمَّ أُمِرَ بِهِ فَسُحِبَ عَلَى وَجْهِهِ ثُمَّ أُلْقِيَ فِي النَّارِ This third man is a man who acquired a lot of wealth and he spent it. He was spending it in what seems to be in the sake of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him you are a liar, you spent the money so that people will say that you're generous and it was said. And then he was dragged into hellfire. Again, dear brothers and sisters, Ariyah is an extremely dangerous sin, and then there's another big problem with Riyah. It's hidden. And sometimes it could be difficult to detect. Unless you test yourself, and unless you're always overwatching your actions and thinking about your intentions, you could go along with doing deeds. Thinking that you're doing them for the sake of Allah, but in reality you're doing them for other purposes. Unless you always examine your intentions, it is very easy to go along the path of riyah. Therefore, one should always examine their intentions. Why am I doing this? Ask the question, why am I doing this? Now, when you examine your actions, shaitan comes in and tries to mislead you even though you're examining your actions. And this is a very well-known trick of shaitan. 
Some people who are very aware of the issue of riya, showing off, and they always examine their intentions. Shaitan comes to them and tells them, you know what? The reason why you're doing this is to show off. So don't do it. And shaitan keeps on using this trick again and again, and thus he prevents the people from doing the good deeds. He's telling them, no, don't do this, because you're doing this for riya. Abu Huraira was once asked a similar question about this. Abu Huraira, actually the question is a little bit different. This man came to Abu Huraira and said, I don't want to memorize Quran because there is a hadith that says if you memorize Quran and then forget it, you will come and your face is mutilated on the Day of Judgment. Abu Huraira said that is the beginning of losing Quran. By making this intention. By making the intention of not memorizing, you are even in a worse situation. Then if you memorize it, and forgot. The same thing the scholars always say with the issue of riyah. If shaitan ever comes to you and tells you don't do this because you're going to be showing off, the scholars say do it. And try to make the intention for Allah. But do the act. Don't stop. For example, there could be a fundraiser. And we're doing the fundraising publicly. Public fundraising. Shaitan will come and say, no, 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 you're going to be showing off. Don't, don't pledge. Pay it later privately. And then when you leave, shaitan will make you, to for, make, make you forget paying it privately. So you didn't pay public and you didn't pay privately. The scholars say, go ahead. Even though shaitan is telling you it's showing off, go ahead. And always try to correct your intention. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us from riya. The second uh, example of hasab or questioning, the Lord presenting the sins to his servant. And this hadith is narrated by Al-Bukhari. قال صفوان بن محرز المازني قال بينما أنا أمشي مع ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما آخذ بيده إذ عرض رجل فقال كيف سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول في النجوى This man is named Safwan bin Muhriz. He said I was walking with Abdullah bin Umar. My hand is in his hand. And then a man came to Abdullah bin Umar and told him, tell me what you heard from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in al-Najwa. Al-Najwa is private conversation. That's called Najwa. A conversation that nobody can hear. قَالَ سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَقُولُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُدْنِي الْمُؤْمِنَ فَيَضْعُ عَلَيْهِ كَنَفَهُ وَيَسْتُرْهُ فَيَقُولُ أَتَعْرِفُ ذَنْبَ كَذَا أَتَعْرِفُ ذَنْبَ كَذَا فَيَقُولُ نَعَمْ أَيْ رَبْ حتى إذا قرره بذنوبه ورأى في نفسه أنه هلك قال سترتها عليك في الدنيا وأنا أغفرها لك اليوم فيعطى كتاب حسناته وأما الكافر والمنافقون فيقول الأشهاد هؤلاء الذين كذبوا على ربهم ألا لعنة الله على الظالمين صفوان ابن محرز المازني he said while I was walking with ابن عمر holding his hand a man came in front of us and asked what have you heard from Allah's apostle about al-Najwa Ibn Umar said, I heard Allah's Apostle saying, Allah will bring a believer near him and shelter him with his screen. On the Day of Judgment, all mankind, all the creation are present. And the questioning is public. Everybody can hear it. Everything is exposed. But in this situation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come down and put a shelter around this person. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will speak privately with this person without anybody hearing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him, did you commit such and such sins? He will say, yes, my Lord. Allah will keep on asking him till he will confess all of his sins and will think that he is ruined. So Allah will go 
one by one over those sins. Did you do this? Yes. Did you do this? Did you do this? And he's admitting. And the longer it takes, the more the man starts to despair. And the man will eventually think that I'm gone. I'm ruined. Allah will then say, I did screen your sins in the world and I forgive them for you today. Allah will say that these sins I made private in this world. Nobody knew about these sins when you were in dunya. I didn't let anybody know about them. And now I will not let anybody know about them and now I will also forgive them for you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then give him his book of good deeds. Regarding infidels and hypocrites, their acts will be exposed publicly and the witnesses will say, these are the people who lied against their Lord. Behold, the curse of Allah is upon the wrongdoers. And this hadith is in Bukhari. A third example is Allah's reprimand of the shortcomings of his servant. An Abi Hurairah, قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, أن الله عز وجل يقول يوم القيامة, يا ابن آدم مرضت فلم تعودني. قال يا رب كيف أعودك وأنت رب العالمين. قال أما علمت أن عبدي فلانا مرض فلم تعود. أما لو علمت أنك لو عدته لوجدتني عنده. Abu Hurairah says that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa taala will tell the believer. Muslim, oh my servant, I was ill and he did not visit me. So this believer will say, oh Allah, how can I visit you and you are the Lord of the worlds? You are the Lord of the worlds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, oh my servant, my servant so and so was ill and he did not visit him. And if you visited him, you would find me there. This is the reward of visiting the sick. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will Count it for you as if you have visited Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you go and visit the servant who is sick, as if you visited Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah on the day of judgment will tell you, why didn't you visit me? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, Ya ibn Adam, istat'amtuka falam tut'amni. Qala ya rabbi wa kayfa ut'amuka wa anta rabbul alameen. Qala ama alimta annahu istat'amaka abdi fulan falam tut'am. Ama alimta annaka law at'amtahu lawajatta thalika andi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, oh my servant, I was hungry and he did not feed me. So the servant will say, Oh Allah, how can I feed you and you are the Lord of the world? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, My servant so and so was hungry and he did not feed him. And if you fed him, you would find me there. And then the same thing will happen. Allah will say, I was thirsty and you did not visit me. So this is the reward of supporting each other. The distribution of the book of deeds. We said that, and by the way, uh, these lessons are a study of Akhirah. It is not, I mean, there's two ways of presenting the subject of Al-Akhirah. One way is Al-Mawa'id. The Mawa'idah is the reminder. That's one way of presenting it. And then there's another way of presenting it in a form of a study. What we're doing now, we're studying. So we're trying to go through the details of it and study everything. And then this can be used after that as a Mawa'id. These things then can be presented differently as reminders. So I think that it's important that we try to study Al-Akhirah so that we would be able to convey and remind others because the best tool for reminder is Al-Akhirah. Reminding people about the hereafter. So that's why we're dividing it into this structured uh, way and going through it step by step. It's in order to that we learn the knowledge and then we're able to disseminate it. But the best way of presenting Al-Akhirah and the effective way is as Mawadah, as a reminder. That's the way that is effective. So this is different. We're now studying it but the reason why we study it is to then present it as mu'adha. 
the distribution of the Book of Deeds. The Book of Deeds will be handed out. And how this happens is that these books will be thrown in the air from an elevation, from a high elevation, mankind are below, and these books will be thrown from above. The moment when the books are thrown is one of the moments where Rasulullah says the hair turns gray. That's one of the moments. Because you see your book coming down and you don't know is it going to land in the right hand or the left hand. If it's in the right hand, that's a good sign. If it's in the left hand, that's a bad sign. When the book is falling down and that's the record of your life, that's what you will be judged upon. Rasulullah says that is one of the moments when the hair turns gray. It's very difficult and it's an extremely critical moment. The book will either land in the right hand or the left hand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Then he that will be given his record in his right hand will say, Ah, here, read my record. Read my record. He's willing to show it to everyone. He's happy and proud. I did really understand that my account would one day reach me. I knew that this day will come. And he will be in a life of bliss, in a garden on high. The fruits whereof will be hanged in in bunches, low and near. Eat and drink with full satisfaction because of the good that you sent before in the days that are gone. Notice here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about fruits that are low, and then Allah says, eat and drink. And it's a very appropriate moment to say eat and drink because at that moment on the day of judgment, hunger and thirst is at the limits. That's the extreme limit of hunger and thirst. So the book will be given and he will be told soon you will enter into Jannah and you will eat and drink as you like. Because of the long waiting on the day of judgment and the extreme hunger and thirst, and at that moment there's a special value for being told that you will eat and drink. Kulu washrabu. For what you did in the days before. So it depends on what you did in the days before. The past will be what you will be held accountable for. Your work will be presented to you. What about the one who receives the book in the left hand? وَلَمْ أَدْرِ مَا حِسَابِيَهُ يَا لَيْتَهَا كَانَتِ الْقَاضِيَهُ مَا أَغْنَى عَنِّي مَالِيَهُ أَلَكَ عَنِّي سُلْطَانِيَهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And he that will be given his record in his left hand will say, Ah! Would that my record had not been given to me and that I had never realized how my account stood? Would that death had made an end of me 
this person might have loved life so much that they would fear death. And on the day of judgment, they're saying, I wish that I am dead now. I wish that I never existed. And then the person will say, of no profit to me has been my wealth. My power has perished from me. My wealth didn't do me any good and my power did not help me. The two things which we strive and struggle for in dunya, power and wealth, on the day of judgment, they will say it's no good. Where's my wealth? Money buys you whatever you want in dunya. You could buy it with money. You could buy a house, buy a fancy car, buy the best food. You could go wherever you want. So it's a tool that gets you what you want. It fulfills your desires. That's what money does. On the day of judgment, money will not buy you anything. Money will not get you anything. It's worthless. Hundred dollar bills are pieces of paper. They have no value. Therefore, what was wealth one day is now nothing. So the person will say, my money, my wealth is not doing me any good. That wealth that I worked years and years to acquire, now, now I need it. This is the moment when I need my wealth. I need it to buy happiness now and it's not there with me anymore. Power is the same thing. Power gives you dominance and opens for you doors of opportunity. When you have power, you do whatever you want. On the day of judgment, the person will be powerless. It will be at the lowest levels. Because the person on the day of judgment will not even have power over their own limbs. Your hand will speak against you. Your tongue will speak against you. Your feet will speak against you. So you're, you're powerless without any power even. You don't even have command over your own body. But the person will say, why was I fighting for power? I killed people for power. I abused for power. Where is it now? I don't even have command over my own self. Therefore, power and wealth are of no value on the Day of Judgment. And we need to realize this right now. If we acquire wealth, we acquire it for the sake of Allah. If we acquire power, we do it for Allah, not for ourselves. Next, we'll talk about the settlement of accounts between the creation. And this is called Al-Qisas. Qisas al-Madalim. The settlement of accounts. On the Day of Judgment, there are going to be many accounts that are open. You always hear people say, how come there's so much killing in this world and there's famine and there's disease? Where is God? They don't realize that this dunya is just a temporary time. Everything will be settled on the Day of Judgment. Nothing will go unnoticed. Everything will be settled. And those accounts will be settled on the Day of Judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will even out everything. And this uh, settlement is comprehensive. Even among animals, there will be settlement of accounts. Even among the animals, to show you the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will not let anything go unnoticed. Rasulullah sallallahu says in the hadith narrated by Muslim, لَتُؤَدُّنَّ الْحُقُوقَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ حَتَّى يُقَادَ لِلشَّاتِ الْجَلْحَاءِ مِنَ الشَّاتِ الْقَرْنَاءِ Rasulullah sallallahu says, the claimants would get their claims on the day of resurrection so much so that the hornless sheep would get its claim from the horned sheep. Everything will be settled. How are the accounts settled among humans? If there is a claim between two human beings, how will it be settled? How will it be settled on the court on the Day of Judgment? In Al-Bukhari, عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من كانت له مظلمة لأخيه من عرضه أو شيء فليتحلله منه اليوم قبل أن لا يكون دينار ولا درهم إن كان له عمل صالح أخذ منه بقدر مظلمته وإن لم تكن له حسنات أخذ من سيئات صاحبه فحمل عليه. رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says whoever has oppressed another person 
concerning his reputation or anything else. I mean, it's not only a settlement of claims regarding money, but also reputation. What's meant by that is if you speak against someone, if you put down someone, if you accuse someone of something, then you injured their reputation. You harm their reputation. Even that will be settled on the Day of Judgment. So Rasulullah says, whoever has oppressed another person concerning his reputation or anything else, he should beg him to forgive him before the Day of Resurrection. Beg him to forgive you here. If you ask him to forgive you and he doesn't, beg him to forgive you. Why? Because Rasulullah says, before the Day of Resurrection, when there will be no money to compensate for wrong deeds, but if he has good deeds, those good deeds will be taken from him according to his oppression which he has done. And if he has no good deeds, the sins of the oppressed person will be loaded on him. Over here in dunya, all what you have to do is go and ask for forgiveness from the person. If you don't, then on the Day of Judgment, you'll have to pay for it. And the only currency that is accepted on the Day of Judgment is hasanat. And on that day, one hasana you would be willing to buy if it's going to cost you the world and everything in it. Just one hasana. So you'll have to pay for any oppression that was done. And Rasulullah says, if you don't have enough hasanat, if you don't have enough good deeds, then they will unload some of their sins on you. Subhanallah. You didn't do the sin, and then you're carrying their sins for them. Why? Because of what you have done to them in dunya. Why would I speak against someone? Why would I backbite someone in dunya? Simply because I have some hatred against that person. I'm jealous. Or I hate that person. He's my enemy. So I would speak against him. Now if you think about it, the last thing you want to do to your enemy is give him your good deed. The last thing you want to do with somebody you don't like is to carry their sins for them on the day of judgment. So if you don't like someone, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first of all to take that hatred from your heart. And then don't put yourself in a position that will end up harming you more. Common sense. Uh, that's why Allah was a Shafi or a Hassan al-Basri, one of them. Somebody came to him and said, so-and-so is speaking against you. So Imam al-Shafi went and brought some fruits. And he went to the door of that person and knocked the door. And said, I heard that you have given me some of your good deeds. And I have no way of paying you back but to give you this gift. You spoke against me, thank you very much, you gave me some of your good deeds. Here, this is a gift for you. Abusing others in other terms, taking their money or physically harming them, the same thing. Rasulullah says in al-Hadith al-Bukhari, Oppression is darkness on the Day of Judgment. A very important thing to be settled is blood. When you physically harm someone or you kill someone. Uh, that is one of the first things that will be settled on the Day of Judgment. Rasulullah says in the hadith narrated by Tirmidhi, يَجِيءُ الْمَقْتُولُ بِالْقَاتِلِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ نَاصِيَتُهُ وَرَأْسُهُ بِيَدِهِ وَأَوْدَاجِهُ تَشْخَبُ دَمًا يَقُولُ يَا رَبْ هَذَا قَتَلَنِي حَتَّى يُدْنِيهِ مِنَ الْعَرْشِ Rasulullah says on the Day of Judgment, the murdered will be holding the head of the murderer and blood will be flowing from him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring that person in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, Oh Allah, ask him why did he kill me? And it will be settled on the Day of Judgment. And Rasulullah says, The first cases to be decided among the people on the Day of Resurrection would be those of bloodshed. Which are the first things that will be settled. Think about the ones who, who are carrying the sins of thousands and thousands of people whom they killed.
And that's why Abu Muslim al-Khurasani, it is said, Abu Muslim al-Khurasani is the one who the Abbasiyin used to establish the Khilafah for them. And in the process, he killed thousands. It is said, Allah alam how valid the story is, but it is said that he was heard standing on the mountain of Arafah and saying, أَسْأَلُكَ أَنْ تَغْفِرْ لِي مَا أَظُنُّ أَنَّكَ لَا تَغْفِرْ Oh Allah, I ask you to forgive me for something I think that you will not forgive for me. So the man told him, what are you talking about? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives everything. Abu Muslim said, do you see all of these people in Arafah? This was on the day of Hajj. Thousands and thousands of people are, are in Arafah. He said, do you see them? Every one of these wants something from me. Every one of them, I've either killed their mother or their father or their brother or their husband. I've taken something from them. How do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can forgive someone if all of these people on the Day of Judgment will come attached to me on the Day of Judgment asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take revenge for them? So the oppressors of all time throughout history, they have a very, very hefty price to pay on the Day of Judgment. This hadith is about al-Muflis. And this hadith is narrated in Muslim. قال الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم أتدرون من المفلس رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم was sitting with the Sahaba and he told them Do you know who's the bankrupt? رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم is drawing their attention by asking them a question Who is a bankrupt? الصحابة رضي الله عنهم said المفلس فينا من لا درهم له ولا متاع The bankrupt is somebody who doesn't have any wealth and belongings Bankrupt رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said المفلس من أمتي من يأتي يوم القيامة بصلاة وصيام وزكاة ويأتي وقد شتم هذا وقذف هذا وأكل مال هذا وسفك دم هذا وضرب هذا فيعطى هذا من حسناته وهذا من حسناته فإن فنيت حسناته ولم يقضى ما عليه أخذ من خطاياهم فطرحت عليه ثم طرح في النار رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said the bankrupt of my أمه is a man who comes on the day of judgment with a lot of prayer and fasting and zakah. But that person has abused this person and cursed another and stolen the wealth of someone else and physically harmed another. So he will give them from his good deeds. And if he runs short, then they will unload some of their sins on him, and then he will be thrown in hellfire. I'll read to you the exact translation. Abu Hurairah reported Allah's Messenger, may peace be upon him, as saying, Do you know who is the bankrupt? The companion said, A bankrupt man among us is one who has neither dirham nor wealth. Rasulullah said, The bankrupt of my ummah would be he who would come on the day of resurrection with prayers and fasts and zakah. But since he hurled abuses upon others, brought calamity against others, and unlawfully consumed the wealth of others, and shed the blood of others and beat others, his virtues would be credited to the account of one who suffered at his hand, and if his good deeds fall short to clear the account, then his sins would be entered in his account, and he would be thrown in hellfire. Let's look again at the definition of al-muflis. Bankrupt. Who is a bankrupt? In economical terms, who is a bankrupt? A bankrupt is somebody who had money, but then lost it. There's a difference between a person who is bankrupt and a person who is poor. A poor person has been poor for a long time. But a bankrupt is someone who is wealthy and rich. But then ran out of wealth. Something happened, they lost it all. 
Rasulullah says that this person who is going to hellfire is very wealthy. Wealthy with what? Good deeds. They have fasted, they prayed, they gave zakah. So they come on the day of judgment with mountains of good deeds. They have done a lot of good in this world. But because they did not treat others well, they lost it all. And they might even end up carrying the sins of others and then going in hellfire. And I find it, subhanAllah, amazing to imagine that there could be a person, for example, who's corrupt, drinks or whatever, a corrupt Muslim. And then there could be a Muslim who's fasting and praying and always in the masjid. And then this Muslim abuses that other corrupt person. Now on the Day of Judgment, this Muslim who did a lot of good deeds will lose it all. And he will be carrying sins of somebody who drank alcohol and lied and stole. Now he did not do those sins. He was in the masjid praying. And then he ends up carrying the sins of somebody who was corrupt and lost. SubhanAllah, this shows you that we should never underestimate dealing with others. Because you could end up losing everything that you gained. You build up this wealth by a lot of good deeds and then in the end you lose it all. You need to be careful when it comes to dealings with others. I think we, we underestimate that. We underestimate that now. And we think that, mashallah, we pray and we fast. That's it. We reach to the level of al-awliya. We're up there. And in the way we deal and our actions and in the heart, there's a lot of corruption. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the fiqh in his religion. The understanding. Because the religion of Islam needs to be taken comprehensively. You can't say that an individual is good if they treat others well, but then when it comes to the ibadat, they have no share in them, the rituals. And in the same time, we don't want to have an individual who's very good in the rituals, but then doesn't know how to deal with others. The Muslim individual is, has a complete personality. And as I said, everything will be settled even among the animals. This, this hadith is narrated by Ibn Jarir al-Tabari. He says, In Allah yahshur al-khalqa kullahum. كل دابة وطائر وإنسان يقول البهائم والطير كونوا ترابا فعندها يقول الكافر يا ليتني كنت ترابا الله سبحانه وتعالى will settle the claims among the animals and then after all the claims are settled among the animals then Allah سبحانه وتعالى will tell the animals to turn into dirt كوني ترابا all the animals will then cease to exist because there is no reward for the animals there is no jannah or nar so the end result or the fate of all of these animals that are not in taklif not held accountable, in the end Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell them to turn into dirt. The kafir will be watching that. The non-believer, the disbeliever will watch that. And then will say, I wish that I was dirt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, when the non-believer will say, I wish that I was dirt. I wish I never existed. I wish I never lived. Rawal Imam Ahmed an Abi Dharrin Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ra'a shatayn tantatihan faqala ya Aba Dharr hal tadri fima tantatihan? Qala la. Qala la kinna Allah yadri wa sayaqdi baynahuma. Abu Dharr said, I was with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and there were two sheeps which were knocking each other on the head. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told Abu Dharr, Abu Dharr, do you see those two sheeps? Do you know why they're fighting each other? Abu Dhar said, Oh Rasulullah, I don't. Rasulullah said, But Allah knows and Allah will judge between them on the Day of Judgment. Everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge among them on the Day of Judgment. By the way, I want you to notice something from this hadith. 
this is a trivial, if this happened in front of us, it's a trivial event. Two sheeps fighting each other, so what? But Rasulullah any information that would come to him, he would convert it in a certain way and view it from a certain perception. Rasulullah used to see everything in certain terms. So even such a trivial event that happened in front of the eyes of Rasulullah reminded him with the Akhirah and reminded him with the Qadha. And this is the sensitivity that we need to develop that everything around us should remind us, should be a reminder for us. I mean, Rasulullah was able to drive a lesson from and to teach Abu Dhar that there's a lesson in this happening in front of you. We're done with Al-Hisab, the reckoning. The next stage is Al-Mizan, the scale. So the scale comes after Al-Hisab, the reckoning. Uh, Al-Qurtubi says, وَإِذَا انْقَضَ الْحِسَابِ كَانَ بَعْدَهُ وَزْنُ الْعَمَالِ لَأَنَّ الْوَزْنَ لِلْجَزَاءِ فَيَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَكُونَ بَعْدَ الْمُحَاسَبَةِ فَإِنَّ الْمُحَاسَبَةَ لِتَقْدِيرِ الْأَعْمَالِ وَالْوَزْنُ لِإِظْهَارِ مَقَادِرِهَا لِيَكُونَ الْجَزَاءِ بِحَسْبِهَا Al-Qurtubi says, after the reckoning, then the deeds will be weighed. Because the weighing of deeds is for reward. So it needs to be after reckoning. فَإِنَّ الْمُحَاسَبَةَ لِتَقْدِيرِ الْأَعْمَالِ Because reckoning is to give a certain estimate or measure to calculate the deeds and then weighing them at the end. Uh, to make it, to give an illustration, you have a lot of things mixed together. You have a big sack filled with a lot of different things. Al-Hisab sorts out those things, sorts the good from the bad, the heavy from the light. That's what Al-Hisab is, reckoning. So Allah will question your deeds. We'll question you, why did you do this, why did you do this, why did you do this? So the good will be separated from the bad. What is accepted will be separated from what's not accepted. Because you come with a big book of account. Listed in it all of the things you did. So the hisab, the reckoning, is to go through that book of deeds and to separate the good from the bad. What you will be rewarded for and what will be punished. After the reckoning is over, after the good deeds are calculated and the bad deeds are calculated, then the scale will be established and these deeds will be weighed. Therefore, the scale comes after al-hisab. Because now the deeds are separated. Now, what is accepted is on one side, what's not accepted is on the other side. So the scale will be established, and then those deeds will be put on the scale and weighed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنَضَعُ الْمَوَازِينَ الْقِسْطَ لِيَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ فَلَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا وَإِن كَانَ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ خَرْدَلٍ أَتَيْنَا بِهَا وَكَفَى بِنَا حَاسِبِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and we will set and establish the scales on the day of judgment. وَنَضَعَ الْمَوَازِينَ الْقِسْطَ لِيَمُقَانَ فَلَا تَظْلَمَ نَفْسٍ شَيَاءً Nobody will be oppressed or no wrong will happen against everyone. Even if it is a single grain, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold you accountable for everything that you do. This is the uh, scale. Now, there's a difference of opinion among the scholars on what actually will be weighed. It is our belief that the deeds will come in a physical form and then they will be weighed. But are the deeds going to be weighed or is the individual going to be weighed? Some of the scholars say both. The deeds and the person will be weighed And some of them say it's just the deeds But this is a difference that doesn't make really a difference This is a difference of opinion that is, inshallah, trivial Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will set the scales And we know some examples from sunnah which talk about the scale I'll mention to you four of them 
عن أبي درداء أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ما من شيء أثقل في الميزان من خلق حسن And this hadith is narrated by Ahmed Abu Darda says Nothing on the day of judgment is heavier in the scale Than good behavior Good akhlaq That's the heaviest thing on the scale on the day of judgment Never underestimate good behavior And khulq is truth, honesty, kindness Fulfilling the rights of others Another example is from Al-Bukhari عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم كلمتان خفيفتان على اللسان ثقيلتان في الميزان حبيبتان للرحمن سبحان الله العظيم سبحان الله وبحمده أبو هريرة narrates that Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم said two words very light on the tongue but very heavy on the scale and very loved beloved to Allah سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله العظيم These two words, very simple, light on the tongue. Subhanallah wa bihamdu subhanallah al-azim. Simple. But they're very heavy on the scale on the day of judgment. And Allah loves them. So say subhanallah wa bihamdu subhanallah al-azim. Actually, subhanallah al-azim, subhanallah wa bihamdu in this hadith. But the sequence doesn't matter. Another example, عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه يقول قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من احتبس فرسا في سبيل الله إيمانا بالله وتصديقا بوعده فإن شبعه وريه وروثه وبوله في ميزانه يوم القيامة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says whoever is holding a horse when you upbring a horse or train a horse for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for jihad then رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says that the food that the horse will eat the water that the horse will drink and then the excretions from the body of the horse and the horse itself will be on your scale on the day of judgment. That is for the one who is holding a horse for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you could use that as a reference for whatever tools we have today, whatever you prepare for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another hadith that mentions al-mizan, عن عبد الله بن عمر بن العاص رضي الله عنه يقول قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله سيخلص رجلا من أمتي على رؤوس الخلائق يوم القيامة فينشر عليه تسعة وتسعين سجلا كل سجل مثل مد البصر ثم يقول أتنكر من هذا شيئا أظلمك كتبت الحافظون فيقول لا يا رب فيقول أفلك عذر فيقول لا يا رب فيقول بلى إن لك عندنا حسنة فإنه لا ظلم عليك اليوم فتخرج بطاقة فيها أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله فيقول احضر وزنك فيقول يا رب ما هذه البطاقة مع هذه السجلات فقال إنك لا تظلم قال فتوضع السجلات في كفة والبطاقة في كفة فطاشت السجلات وثقلت البطاقة فلا يثقل مع اسم الله شيء رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم says in this hadith narrated by Tirmidhi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring a man on the day of judgment in front of all of creation. Allah will pull out this individual on the day of judgment in front of everyone. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will present to him 99 scrolls. Every scroll is as far as you can see filled with bad deeds. 99 scrolls. Every scroll is as far as you can see. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, Are you denying anything in these scrolls? He will say no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Did the angels write recording your deeds, make any mistakes or oppress you? He will say no. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Do you have any excuse? 
for all of these sins that you have done, he will say no. Then Allah will tell him, yes, you do have something that could be credited to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Bala inna laka andana hasana. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, you have a hasana with us. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and there will be no oppression on you today. A card will be presented to him. Written on the card, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell him, go and witness the weighing of your deeds. What will this card do in comparison to these 99 scrolls? 99 scrolls, every one of them extent of the sight. What will this card do? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, go and witness the weighing of your deeds because no oppression will occur on you today. So he will go and stand there looking at the scale. So the 99 scrolls will be placed on one side and then this card with Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah will be placed on the other other side of the scale. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi says when the card will be placed the 99 scrolls will fly in the air because nothing is heavier than the name of Allah. 99 scrolls filled with sins. The name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it's placed on the other side it will be heavier than everything else. And this is the value of Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, whoever says la ilaha illallah with ikhlas, with sincerity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward them with jannah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who live according to la ilaha illallah. The pool, al-hawd. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Allah has given him al-hawd. The pool. This hawd of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa will be the only source of drink, of water on the day of judgment. And the water of Al-Hawd is coming from Jannah, from the river of Al-Kawthar. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, حوضي مسيرة شهر ماؤه أبيض من اللبن وريحه أطيب من المسك وكيزانه كنجوم السماء من شرب منها فلا يضمأ أبدا متفق عليه. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, My pool is a walking distance of a month. Its water is whiter than milk and its smell is better than musk and the cups are more than the stars of the sky. Whoever drinks from it will never feel thirst after that. We ask Allah to make us those who will drink from the pool of Rasulullah. This hadith is mutafaq alayh. Another hadith, and this hadith describes, adds a few other descriptions to Al-Hawq. إِنِّي لَبِعُطْرِ حَوْضِ أَذُودُ النَّاسَ لِأَهْلِ الْيَمَنِ أَضْرِبُ بِعَصَايَ حَتَّى يَرْفَضَّ عَلَيْهِمْ فَسُئِلَ عَنْ عَرْضِهِ قَالَ مِنْ مَقَامِ إِلَى عَمَّانِ أو عُمَان وَسُئِلَ عَنْ شَرَابِهِ فَقَالَ أَشَدُّ بَيَاضًا مِنَ اللَّبَنِ وَأَحْلَى مِنَ الْعَسَلِ يَغُتُّ فِيهِ مِيزَابَانِ يَمُدَّانِهِ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ أَحَدُهُمَا مِنْ ذَهَبٍ وَالْآخَرُ مِنْ وَرَقٍ this hadith is narrated by Muslim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says that on the day of judgment I will be pushing away people for the people of Yemen to come in and drink from Al-Hawd. And this showed the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that he had to the people of Yemen. He said that on the day of judgment he will be pushing people away with his stick so that the people of Yemen can come and drink from the Hawd, from his pool. And then he was asked, what is the width of it? He said it is from here to Oman. And he was asked about its taste. He said it is wider than milk and sweeter than honey. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says, 
there are two gutters that pour into it. Two canals that come down from Jannah. One of them is gold and the other one is silver. And the water for it comes from Al-Kawthar. Not Al-Kawthar. This is the pool of Rasulullah Wasallam. There's no other source of drinking on the Day of Judgment which is 50,000 years long. Except from the Hawd of Rasulullah. That's why we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who will drink from the hand of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of judgment. The last topic is every nation would follow their God. On the day of judgment, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked, Will we see our Lord on the day of judgment? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, sahab? Do you see the sun when there is no clouds? Do you have any doubts in seeing the sun when there is no clouds? They said no. Rasulullah said, Do you have any doubts in seeing the moon, the full moon, when there is no clouds? They said no. Rasulullah said, You will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just like that on the day of judgment. And then Rasulullah says, كَذَلِكَ يَجْمَعُ اللَّهُ النَّاسِ فَيَقُولُ مَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ شَيْئًا فَلْيَتَّبِعْهُ فَيَتْبَعُ مَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ الشَّمْسَ وَيَتْبَعُ مَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ الْقَمَرَ وَيَتْبَعُ مَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ الطَّوَاغِيتِ Rasulullah says, Allah on the Day of Judgment will tell every people to follow their Lord. So the worshippers of the sun would follow the sun. And the worshippers of the moon would follow the moon. And the worshippers of the idols would follow the idols. And the worshippers of tyrants would follow the tyrants. And then every god will be placed in hellfire and the people would follow their gods in hellfire. Because on the day of judgment, you receive the reward from the one you worship. That is the only just way. If you worshipped an idol, how can you expect the reward from someone else? You worshipped an idol, Allah will tell you, go and seek your reward from the idol. That's the justice. That is the ultimate level of justice. Ask the reward from the god you worship. If you worshipped Allah, then Allah will reward you. You worshipped an idol, go follow your idol. And then because that day belongs to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take all of those gods and throw them in hellfire. And nobody can protest that these gods have no power. وَتَبْقَى هَذِي الْأُمَّةِ فِيهَا مُنَافِقُوهَا This is the only ummah that would remain and the munafiqeen will stay with them. Everybody else, all of the other kuffar, they already left and they're in hellfire and the munafiqeen are still hiding with this ummah. فَيَأْتِيَهُمُ اللَّهِ فِي غَيْرِ الصُّورَةِ الَّتِي يَعْرِفُونَ فَيَقُولُونَ أَنَا رَبُّكُمْ فَيَقُولُونَ عُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْكَ هَذَا مَكَانُنَا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَنَا رَبُّنَا فَإِذَا أَتَانَا رَبُّنَا عَرَفْنَا فَيَأْتِيَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي الصُّورَةِ الَّتِي يَعْرِفُونَ فَيَقُولُ أَنَا رَبُّكُمْ فَيَقُولُونَ أَنْتَ رَبُّنَا فَيَتْبَعُونَ And then Allah would come to them in a form that they do not recognize. And say, I am your Lord. They would say, we seek refuge in you. You are not our Lord. And we are going to stay here until Allah comes to us. And then Allah will come to them in the form that they know. And they will see him. And they would say, yes, you are our Lord. And then they would follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيُضْرَبُ جِسْرُ جَهَنَّمْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَأَكُونُ أَوَّلَ مَنْ يُجِيزُ And then the bridge will be set. And I will be the first one to cross it. The munafiqeen are still mixing with the Muslims trying to hide and sneak through into Jannah. But they will not be able to because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give this ummah light. And everybody would have light. And the munafiqeen would have this light with them. But then 
when they're walking on the sirat and it's darkness, that's where you would need the light. Because a sirat is thinner than a hair, sharper than a blade. That's the description Rasulullah gave of a sirat. It crosses over hellfire. So the only way you could get to Jannah is by crossing over hellfire. And the only way to cross over hellfire is over a sirat. And a sirat is very narrow and thin. And it is dark, there's no light. All of the conditions are against you. But Allah would give the believers light. And would give them speed according to their deeds. When they come on a sirat, Rasulullah ﷺ, some of them will say, some of them are like lightning, speed of light. And some of them would take one step, and some of them are like a fast horse. And some of them are running, and some of them are walking, and some of them are taking a step ahead and a step back. And some of them are falling into hellfire. Al-Munafiqeen, they will try to cross, and when they try to cross, they will lose their light. The lamp will go off. And they would tell the believers, give us some of your light. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, a barrier, a wall will be erected between the believers and the munafiqeen. From the side of the believers it is blessing and rahmah, from the side of the munafiqeen it is punishment. The ayat are in Surah Al-Hadid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, On the day when thou will see the believers, men and women, their light shining forth between them, and on their right hands, and will hear it said unto them, Glad news for you this day, gardens underneath which rivers flow, wherein you are immortal, that is the supreme trump. On the day when the hypocritical men and the hypocritical women will say unto those who believe, Look on us, that we may borrow from your light. It will be said, Go back and seek for light. Then there will separate them a wall wherein is a gate, the inner side whereof contains mercy, while the outer side thereof is towards the doom. They will cry unto them, saying, Were we not with you? They will say, Yes, verily. But you tempted one another, and hesitated, and doubted, and vain desires beguiled you, till the ordinance of Allah came to pass, and the deceiver deceived you concerning Allah. So this day, no ransom can be taken from you, nor from those who disbelieved. Your home is the fire, that is your patron, and a hapless journey's end. For further information, please contact Al-Bashir Publications and Translations at 1-877-745-3327. Or 303-574-0095. Our fax number is 303-373-0943. Or visit our website at www.albashir.com. That's www.al-bashir.com. You can also write to our address at 10515 East 40th Avenue, Suite 108, Denver, Colorado, 80239-3264. Please proceed to the next CD.